Hey, before we get started with today's episode, I just want to quickly let you know that if you DM me the word audit on Instagram, that's at Ken Westgar, we'll do a quick 15-minute audit of your launch. And by the end of the audit, you'll know exactly where to put your focus in order to grow and scale your next launch. So like I said, DM me the word audit on Instagram, and I'll talk to you soon. You're listening to the Oh My God on Launching Podcast. Today I am talking to Jason Resnick and we are seriously geeking out on email marketing. I'm sorry, I can't help it. Neither can he. Um, Yeah, I'm sorry. But the thing is, there's so much potential that we're not doing with email marketing and specifically. Um, We have some really golden nuggets for you. You know, things that you can do after your launch you know, sending out a lot of emails when you're launching, why that isn't a problem really. And also what you do before launch uh, with email marketing. And then just um, something that you might not be familiar with is segmentation, you know, for your email list. It's a lot of good stuff that we talk about. So don't waste another second, get on this podcast and listen to it. Stay tuned. Have you launched your online course with great success? Or maybe you launched totally tank and you just want to curl up and cry. Well, it really doesn't matter. Hi, my name is Ken Westgar, and I'll help online course creators and membership site owners creating the most fun and profitable launches without having to go it alone. In this podcast, we talk about all kinds of launches. You'll get tons of valuable insights and fun stories that highlights the dramatic ups, downs, failures, and success that comes from being in launch mode. This is the Oh My God, I'm Launching podcast. Welcome to the Oh My God, I'm Launching Podcast. I'm your host, Ken Wesker, and today I am joined with an old uh, internet friend, you might say, uh, Jason. Welcome, Jason. Yeah, thanks for having me, Ken. Welcome. Yeah, like I said, uh, we go way back on the internet, but uh, we haven't actually met or spoken that much in the last couple of years, but we still know each other for a long time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you know, we cross paths. I mean, we do similar work. You know, yeah. We definitely, on the socials, for sure cross paths and stuff like that so yeah been a while yeah. yeah it's been a while <laughs> absolutely uh but we're not here to talk about uh you know our friendship or stuff like that but uh <laughs> i would like to talk about you know launching obviously um and we're also going to dive a little bit into email marketing uh because that's your jam and also talking a little bit more specifically about segmentation and you know make sure that we hit the right people with the right message um, but before we do that, I would love to, you know, you explain to the people you know, who you are, who you serve and how you serve them. Sure. So, uh, I'm Jason, better known as Rez online with three Z's. Um, <clears throat> and he got a great I've story been... about that, by the way, starts intro. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not that great. Just laziness as a developer, but, uh, you know, I, but it, I mean, since you said it, the reason why it's three Z's is because when I was in college, uh, I tried to sign up for an online video game and my nickname was always Rez with two Z's and uh, that was taken. And so I was really frustrated. I wanted to play the game. So I just added a third Z and it was, it went through. And so the rest is history. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, back, um, to, back to you. Yeah. So, so I, I've been running a, my own business since uh, 2010. And since then, I've been helping online businesses get customers, get repeat customers, and create raving fans. And I do that through um, a lot of behavioral marketing, email marketing, uh, automation, tying that back to the website, really just to cater and create a unique experience for the person that's receiving that experience, whether they're a 
brand new visitor to the brand or been loving the the products, the services as a customer many times over, right? And so um, I started out as a developer. I always loved e-commerce work. Um, I flocked towards e-commerce when, you know, in pre-Amazon days, like in the late 90s and early 2000s -hmm. and such. Um, when a lot of developers were just like, Hey, I'm not, I don't want to deal with that. Like that's way too complicated. And I was just <laughs> like, all right, let me, well, let me go ahead and do that. And so, um, you know, I come from a development and an engineering background and, you know, over the past six plus years, email has been more robust. Um, the, the tools at which we could create a better experience for the customers um, are, are still very much improving to this day. And I, as a developer, was a, in a unique position to be able to tie that information that we have from email lists and data, you know, what people are clicking on, what people are you know, seeing, reading, opening, all of these things and tying that back to the website to show them what's important to them because the behavior in their inbox um, is, it, it's, it's behavior, right? Mm-hmm. We can survey somebody, they could tell us something, but their actions tell us something different sometimes, so a true. lot of times, yeah. right? And so if we could then go ahead and tie the two together, that that improves things drastically. So that's been the bread and butter of my business. Client services work, something that I love doing. I love working with my clients. Um, and on the other side, in recent years, in the past three-ish years, I've been helping developers and designers uh, specialize, niche down, and build predictable income. Um, and you know that's that's served me well because helping my customers on the client services side with being a practitioner of doing launches and serving programs and coaching and selling online. Uh, I have best of both worlds, right? Mm-hmm. Because I, I gain the experience from my clients and customers, but I also gain my personal experience and I'm, I, and let's be honest, I, I love to experiment. So if something is brand new or something, you know, it's scratches an itch of mine. I'm going to go ahead and do that and see what, see what results from it. And then I can then turn back and have a better conversation with a client about it. Mm, I love that. I love that. I can't wait to geek out on, you know, the <laughs> personalization and all that stuff. You know, we, we, we love that. Uh, but I will just like to touch base on, you know, you obviously have done a few launches yourself. Um, what has your, been your experience with the launches that you had and, you know, how have you, how has your journey changed from like the first time you did a launch to more recent one? Yeah. Uh, very drastically. So <laughs> well, that's a good thing. That, though. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely because you learn each and every time. Right. Mm-hmm. And so the first time I launched anything, um, I, I essentially just built out a product. Um, and I, you know, I spent hours and upon hours building out these, I call them field guides. They were mm-hmm. basically just, you know, they were eBooks that somebody could download um, that would then teach them something. Mm-hmm. Um, and I built that out of what I perceived as a need based around the conversations that I was having with clients, um, leads and so on and so forth. Um, so I spent a boatload of time building out this product. And then when I launched it, I sold a handful, mm-hmm. right? Like not like, 
almost crickets, right? It was worse than crickets because you sold a few, right? Yeah, and so exactly. I was like, okay, great. So uh, what happened here? Like, where did I steer wrong? And I come to find out and I just, you know, I'm a big fan of like, hey, asking why, right? Mm -hmm. Like, why didn't you buy? Why did you buy? Like all of those questions. And so I just found out that they didn't want a product to do it themselves. They wanted somebody to do it, right? Mm -hmm. And so I shaped my current offering, my client services offering around that because that was great information for me. And I bagged a product. I said, okay, well, that's, <laughs> I'm done with that, right? Mm -hmm. But the thing that I, I learned from that was let's not build the product before somebody's willing to pay for it. Mm, and so yeah. the next time I launched, I launched what is now uh, has morphed into my membership and group coaching program. But I launched that specifically to an email list and it was a small email list. I think I only had 400 or mm -hmm. 500 uh, of a segment of a list that I threw this out at and I said, hey, I'm going to be running this two-day workshop. And I had nothing built out. I had mm -hmm. an idea of what the workshop was going to be so that I can at least write out an email. Yep. Um, and I sent it out. And I said, hey, this is what we're going to be covering in these two-day workshops. It's going to be two hours a day. Um, <clears throat> and here's the thing. Here's the landing page. Here's how you buy. Here's the benefits of you getting in on the ground floor with this. Um, and... I sent it out and I said to myself, Hey, if I, if I sell 10 of these, then this is a viable thing. Mm -hmm. If I sell four, right. Cause I had that past experience of like selling to a, a little bit. Right. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, if I sell four, I'm just going to refund the money back and say, this isn't a viable thing because I had a plan to take that and turn that into a, a full fledged program. So mm -hmm. I wanted to make sure there was viability there. Right. And yep. so I wound up selling 13. And oh, so nice. I was like, okay, great. So there's something here. So then I had to go out ahead and build and execute on this and so on and so forth. Um, and so from the one, the first and second launch, it was, okay, let me have an audience to sell to. Let me see if the idea is appealing to somebody to then have them pay for it. And then I go ahead and build this out. Um, and I've done that a few times now. And even better success just because of the learning experience and the languages and the, and, and the messaging around what I'm hearing from the audience that I'm building. Mm -hmm. um, Can I uh, just ask you a question on that? Do you find yeah. it difficult to, I mean, you have the idea obviously, and you know, that's just you thinking out loud and probably just getting some feedback from your audience, but do you find it hard to nail down that messaging when you're trying to, you know, uh, let them in on what's coming and what you're planning on? Yeah. So what was great about messaging for me is always, it, it's a hard thing because as an engineer, as a developer, for me, I'm very technical. Um, um, I've learned to be a little less technical over the years and a little <laughs> bit more human and emotional uh, because that's what, that's what people respond to. Right. Yeah. Um, but what I found by doing that initial workshop which I didn't even think about was during those two days, hearing their, all of those people's responses, questions, concerns, how they phrase things. My sales page was built mm. for the, the program. Like I had the testimonials, I had the headlines, I had, you know, the little 
one-liners and, and a few sentences. And I, I just listened back to the recordings of these workshops and I was literally with pen in hand and I just jotted down one-liners and, and emotional terms and, and pain points and things like that. And so that was an awesome thing because I didn't even have to think about the messaging, the messaging mm -hmm. from those people were right there. And so um, I knew that if I could attract those people at an early stage, then there would be more later on. Right. And so um, messaging for me is something that I've learned just from my experiences. Like I'll write a headline, I'll write the same headline over or the same for the same thing over and over again, 10, 15, 20 times try to nail down a certain sentence, key phrase, yep. then I'll step away, come back 24 hours later mm -hmm. and, and, and see if it's still the same. I'll probably do that maybe five or 10 more times and then we'll see. Right. Um, I usually land on something. So um, I just know from my own brain and how whatever chemistry goes on up there that usually that step away helps me craft a better phrase or better message that resonates more mm. yeah and how has your journey been from these first launches to where you're at right now so for me i'm certainly of the type of an evergreen launch i like mm. to uh, do launches that um, people are ready to buy when they're ready to buy mm. <laughs> because the thing that always frustrated me online is, is I would find a course or a program or, or a thing and it would be closed. And I'd be like, well, I need the thing now. Like <laughs> I have a problem and I want to solve it. And if you have the answer to it and I got to wait a month to two months or next year for this thing, I'm just going to go find it somewhere else. And so for me, I do evergreen launches. I also do live launches and right? mm -hmm. live launches for me is, exhausting, tiring. It's not my cup of tea only because I'm more of an introvert and I'm not the webinar type guy. Um, usually my live launches are live Q and A's. Right. Um, you know, maybe I'll pick a couple of days out of a week and I'll do a topic each day and bring on people to ask some questions mm. um, and we'll kind of suss things out. Uh, for me, that's a better feel for me and my audience than doing the conventional product launch formula, um, you know, which works obviously, obviously yeah. to do slides and things like that. That's just not my style. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> and then I do these live launches and I, and I do the pitches, soft pitches, obviously, but you know, there are, I mean, soft pitches during the conversations usually because it's like inside the program, mm -hmm. uh, I have a resource for this. I'd be happy to share this inside the program, you know, things like that, as well as here's the email sequence that goes out over the course of the week that then goes ahead and pitches the program. Mm -hmm. um, and it's a much more smoother experience for me, but also because it's an evergreen, I don't have to rely on those two times a year to launch the program. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, every single month people are getting pitched and they can come in when they are ready to do that. And I do that through, you know, my bread and butter, which is, you know, lead scoring and email yeah. automation and things like that. So um, I'm not just saying, Hey, every third week, I'm just going to do a launch. 
you know, and then everybody on my list gets blasted on these things. Mm -hmm. It's more of a nice eased in type of feel that makes sense for when the person is ready to buy. Yeah. I think that is a nice segue to kind of dive into both email marketing and, you know, the segmentation, the personalization aspect of it, because like you said, you know, you're doing these evergreen launches, but you are basically when people come in, you are early on, you know, make sure that people get into the right bucket, so to speak. Um, so you can hit them with the right offer at the right time kind of thing. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, <clears throat> my audience, obviously the designers and developers, they've been doing this a little while themselves running mm -hmm. an old business. Um, but very different languages, right? Developers, designers, um, whether or not they're an agency and they have a team or they're a solo business owner, uh, all of these things matter because mm -hmm. these are questions that I got asked early on to say, Hey, look, you know, I know you're a developer. Am I going to be learning code here? Like, yep. you know, is this for me? Um, or I just started my business within this year. Uh, how is this more for the advanced or beginner type? So understanding those questions initially <clears throat> then allows me to create one, not just an FAQ on a sales page, but the context inside the content that I provide to them um, in a way that's, it speaks to them. Mm -hmm. Right. So if I know that they're a solo based business, then that's what the headlines are going to be saying. That's what the, the context of, you know, maybe a paragraph in an email is going to say, it's good, you know, it's going to say, Hey, as, as a solo based business owner to myself, right. This mm -hmm. is how I would approach these things. So I would say those sort of things versus if I know that they're an agency, I would diffuse it and say, even though that you may have an agency, I, as a solo based business owner have done this, right? Mm -hmm. And so as an agency, you might want to tweak it doing this, right? And so those sort of just in context, those, those tiny little tweaks, those personalizations, um, based around segmentation go a long way with building that trust factor because then you're, you're, you're speaking to them. You're not just, Hey, first name, you know, which when in the email marketing game, like that's like, you know, plugging in your microphone, right. For a podcast, right. Like that's the first thing that you do, mm -hmm. but that's not personalization. That's just kind of like filling in a blank, right? Yeah. Like we can ask a name and do that. But the hard part is, is really figuring out the segmentation, where they come from, who they are, what's their main motivation and what drives them to find the solution that you, you have. For them. Mm -hmm. How can we, in the simplest way, explain to people what segmentations are. You kind of touched on it already, but, you know, really plain and simple. Yeah, it's really just meeting somebody where they're at. So segmentation uh, for me and what I find most successful is, is two things, figuring out what their intent is immediately when they come into your world and what drives them, what's their motivation to get that big transformation that they're looking for, right? And so... I try to dig into those two because mm -hmm. if you can find what those two are and your service or, and or program lines up with that, it's, it's going to be an easy sell. Mm -hmm. right? And so I would figure out what, if you can figure it out, like this is where a lot of the geekery comes into play. <laughs> but like if you have a, if you offer several different lead magnets, 
sometimes your lead magnet can help you figure out or make an assumption as to the person's intent. But then you have to follow up and say, well, okay, now that I know, let's just say for the sake of argument, they opt, opt into a lead magnet around, you know, marketing mm-hmm. or pricing, let's say pricing, right? Yep. So they want to raise their prices. Okay. That's, I, I get that. But what's their motivation to raise their prices? Do they want to make more money? Do they want to increase profits so that they can step away from the business to travel? You know, those sort of things are harder to find out. But if you can find those out, um, it's even more, you know, the the messaging writes itself at that point, because Mm -hmm. then you're so hyper-specific on that individual um, that, you know, you could say, hey, I know that you're, you want to raise prices so that you can increase your profits so that then you can step away from the business to spend time with your family. Here's what I would propose to you mm-hmm. right? and that phrase in and of itself would just sell whatever it is that you have to sell yeah exactly uh, and where do you kind of start this segmentation do we start that in the emails or do we start on the website or where do you kind of start with that yeah i mean if if you're not doing it now and you have an email list then start there start mm-hmm. start right on the email list right and you can just easily on a lot of platforms now you can easily just write in some you know, in an email, just three, five choices, right? Like what, what is, what would you like to accomplish in the next five years? And then write three or five different choices around your ideal clients, Mm -hmm. right? And so, or your ideal students or whoever it is that you're serving work backwards, right? If there's a good percentage of people that are in your customer base, that's, wants to step away from a business, okay, then that's an option, right? Mm -hmm. Or if they want to grow, you know, their, you know, scale up and they want that corner office, okay, that's another option, right? And so you could start there, right? And that's the, that's for a lot of people, that's where, that's where I started. That's where I, I suggest a lot of other people start, to get sophisticated and move further, if you're advanced and 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 even just in the intermediate st- stage, you could do this on the website. Mm-hmm. You know, there's now widgets all over the place. Um, you know, you could slide up from the bottom corner and ask a couple of questions before somebody even opts in, and then that gets passed along. Or even on your lead magnets, just add another drop down. I mean, I know in the past. Yeah. Um, you know, people are like, oh, I don't want to add form fields because that adds friction. But nowadays, people are pretty accustomed to adding their first name and email address. Adding one more field mm-hmm. isn't really going to kill your conversion rates, especially if it if it's going to tailor their experience and you and you and you share exactly why you're asking this question. Mm-hmm. Um, and and probably uh, they get more qualified leads as well. Absolutely, hundred percent. Yeah, and so that's that's the that's how I would start to segment people right and and you want to you want to have a basic segmentation strategy anyway because customer versus non-customer is not segmentation right like that's (laughs) that doesn't that doesn't really help you right but you could leverage what you know about your customers because obviously they're paying you that you know you have more knowledge into who they are but turn that back around to your non-customers and start to get some information around them 
And that's simply just asking some questions in your next email. Just mm-hmm. say, hey, you know, what, what's the big transformation that you would like to have? Many of our customers, students have these sort of transformations, which applies best to you, right? And then go from there. Mm-hmm. I know, you know, from doing uh, launches and stuff like that, um, a great question to ask after you launched is often, or to email us is like, you know, for the people who buy, you want to know specifically why did they buy? What was it that, you know, triggered them to actually press the buy button, but also asking all the people who didn't buy, or at least, you know, who was on the maybe checkout page or sales page and checked it out, click the link. You want to figure out, you know, what was it that was stopping you from, you know, buying from me? Would you agree to that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, one of the, the first things that in, in any email onboarding, membership, customer, whatever. As soon as they press buy, the first thing that goes out is what made that decision for you, mm-hmm. right? Because that's such a, you don't want them to forget, one. Mm-hmm. And two, if you just leave it open-ended and leave it a reply, then you get the language, right? You get that message, right? How they phrase it, how they talk about these things. Mm-hmm. More importantly is the why didn't you buy? A lot of people shy away from that. My clients, like I always have to kind of almost convince them to run one of these campaigns because (laughs) they don't want to, one, seem overly salesy, like, hey, like I'm twisting your arm here. Like why why didn't you buy, right? Mm -hmm. But two, because you just blasted them for a week or 10 days, you're like, why am I going to blast them again? They got to be, I don't want to lose them on my mm-hmm. subscriber list. Right. And so, but the thing that's interesting about why didn't you buy campaigns and this is sort of changed is initially I always leaned more towards making it as easy as possible for them to answer by mm-hmm. creating trigger links and to, to in technical terms, really, that's just a link that you would click in an email that corresponds to your reason on why you wouldn't buy things like price that you didn't understand something, you know, you don't have the time right now, right? Like these are the standard kind of objections that people have. However, what I've found probably in the past eight, 10 months is leaving it open-ended, sending them to a type form, one question on a type form page that just Mm -hmm. says, Hey, would you please let me know the feedback? I'm just, I just want to understand a little bit better uh, for next time. Right. Mm -hmm. And what you get from there, the one, you get more responses, which is strange because it's adding a layer of friction, but two, you're getting those objections, right? Those objections then can, you can, if you see a common thread among those objections, then you have your sales page. You can address those objections before the buy button on Mm -hmm. the sales page and and in your emails and in your ads and things like that for the launches so that they aren't objections anymore. Right. And a lot of times, it is the messaging, right? Mm-hmm. Meaning you didn't convey enough to them or they got confused on something or they just didn't think that what you were offering was right for them, mm-hmm. right? You can easily <clears throat> offer a win back campaign off of the back of that. So, hey, yeah. look, I'm, you know, I just wanted to clear some of this stuff up. All of this stuff that you told me about that you were unclear about is in here. Mm-hmm. So... I know it's cart closed, but you know, I'd be willing to offer the same offer that I gave you for the next 24 hours. If you want to mm, buy That's it. such okay. a excellent point right there. Just, um, yeah, take getting those 
you know, replies back and just, yeah, maybe a week later you have sift through them and then just reach out to them. You know, I noticed a lot of people were confused about this and that. And, you know, I want to make sure that we are on the same page. Here we are, you know, open for 24 hours, 48 hours, whatever you want to do. And just make sure that, you know, it's, even though you said, you know, the car has closed, I still think it's, you know, a right thing to do because you want to bring on people who actually wanted to buy, but they didn't because they were confused, you know? So I right. think that's and, a great example. And the, and, and the thing is, is, if one person says that, then there's more people that didn't say that, that have totally. that same problem, right? And so you want to make sure that we as business owners, we, we always put these thoughts in our mind, right? We assume, hey, they didn't buy yeah. because we're too expensive. We didn't buy because the timing was right you know, whatever it could be, right? Look, I launched and <laughs> this was one of my uh, lackluster launches after I had already had some successful launches in my, in my, my measurement of success. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden I was like, well, what happened here? Like, I think I got like a half of last time. Like, mm. and I thought I improved things, right? <laughs> and so when I went about the why didn't you buy campaign, I found out that there was and there was a good portion of my audience that were WordPress developers and designers at the time. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize that there was a major WordCamp at the same time I was launching. So these uh-huh. people weren't at their desks. They right. weren't looking at their email. So I had a, a conflict, a timing conflict. Mm-hmm. Right? So I was like, oh, everybody's at word camp. Oh, got it. Right. <laughs> so that's why nobody's checking email right now. They're all doing their thing. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, so I learned from there to like, make sure that I'm not conflicting times and of my audience with what could potentially be going on in the same week. So I would have never known that I would have been like devastated. I'd be like, Oh, maybe I just exhausted my list at this mm-hmm. point and I burned it all out. And, but I, if had I not asked, then, you know, I would have never found that out. And it, like, it made me feel so much better that it was just bad timing and mm-hmm. it was poor planning on my part. Uh, but I, I knew that everything was still fine. Right? The program was still good. The pricing was still good and so on and so forth. So um, that's why the, why didn't you buy campaign? I'm always an advocate for, because there's so much opportunity there to learn from. Mm-hmm. Um, And, you know, like we were talking on my podcast and you were saying like, don't make any assumptions and decisions for your customers. Right. Yeah. Um, And I love that because that's what the buy, why didn't you buy campaign simply does. I'm not putting words in their mouth on why they didn't buy. I'm asking them and Mm -hmm. giving them the opportunity to let me know. And it's so, it's such a powerful tool that I think that more people should take advantage of. Yeah. And it's so simple to implement as well. I mean, it doesn't require a lot. It's just a simple email and mm-hmm. a simple form for them to fill out. That's it. Yep. Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I ran one for a client uh, just last week. Um, well, we launched last week and then we, we launched a wide and buy campaign started yesterday. Mm-hmm. Right? Already started getting some feedback coming through great feedback. Mm-hmm. And my client is now going to take basically an export of that, all their reasons and reach out and try a win back campaign and say, Hey, look, if price is a big thing, I do have a smaller program that mm-hmm. might be 
suitable for you. And so yeah. there's other opportunities there that arise that, you, you know, instead of just leaving the money on the table, present them with a different solution. Mm-hmm. Really good. Uh, you spoke a little bit about, you know, that we are sending out so many emails during a launch. And like you also said, people are scared to death of <laughs> putting out emails to people. They think they're going to, you know, turn them off, scare them off, unsubscribe, whatever. Uh, what are your thoughts on the whole process of, you know, having a lot of emails in a launch? Yeah, I mean, look, so what I build into all of my clients' launches as well as my own is the first couple of the emails, I give them an opportunity to opt out, mm-hmm. right? And not unsubscribe, but say, hey, yeah, exactly. if, if you don't want this promotion or hear about this, the timing's not right for you, just click this link and you won't get any more emails about it, right? Love that. So it's such a simple sentence, such, such a simple thing to do. And then all the other emails that go out filter based off of that, right? So I don't send to those people. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I, I kind of like talk my clients down from the ledge, right? Cause they're like, Oh, we're going to send out. <laughs> like I usually just have, have like my weekly email go out. And now you want me to send like seven to nine emails mm-hmm. over the course of this week. Like that's, you know, nobody's good. Like I'm going to lose a lot of people. I say, okay, well, the point of this launch is to make money. Right. So if they unsubscribe, let them, that's mm-hmm. fine let them go away. And I'm telling you right now that you're going to have some unsubscribes and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Right. Because they weren't right for you. And so it only from a technical perspective, it improves your deliverability because they're not going to ignore your, your emails. Mm. But secondly, <clears throat> if, if <laughs> what the funny thing in, in the email space is, is that, you will always see a good percentage of your unsubscribes, or I shouldn't say a good percentage, but a percentage of your unsubscribes subscribe back to you later. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, it's, it's funny. Like people come in and out of needs, right. They, it, once they know about you, they know about you. Mm-hmm. Right? And so if they get what they get, right. You don't know exactly what's going on in their life at the time. Maybe they're just getting overwhelmed with email and they just don't have the the space in their inbox to spend 20 minutes sifting through emails that they don't really want to read that right now. So click on subscribe. That's fine. You know, that that's good. Right. Um, so I always try to encourage them say, Hey, look, this is the marketing channel, right? You see commercials, the same commercials, like you watch a half hour program, on TV, you're going to see the same commercial probably six times mm-hmm. over the course of the half hour. And why does that happen? Well, that's their email, right? Yeah. I'm not paying attention because I went to the fridge, right? So I didn't see that commercial, right? Same thing in your inbox. People get busy with their lives. So they don't check their email on Tuesday, but they're going to check it on Wednesday, right? Mm-hmm. Things like that. And so you want to make sure that they're aware of your launch and What's funny in the why back, why didn't you buy campaign? You'll inevitably get, I didn't even see it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, how did you not see it? I sent 10 emails last <laughs> week, right? But that's the thing, right? And so mm-hmm. I, I try to always talk them, you know, like off the ledge and kind of just 
quell their their fear that they're going to lose half their list because that's never happened. Mm-hmm. And two, you put fail safes in there. Like the first couple of emails, put that one liner in there to say, hey, if you're not interested in this promotion right now, please click here and you still will remain on the list, but you won't hear anything about this promotion. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. And that, that helps with the unsubscribes. Yeah, that's so true. Um, I don't know if you've noticed this, but I've seen a lot of, you know, bigger names um, who are doing a promotion. They're having a launch and it could be a product that you have already bought from them and you still are included into that launch. And I see that a lot of big names. Um, and I'm really surprised by that because as you know, it's really simple to just sift out, you know, okay, these people bought this product. So obviously they don't need to, you know, get all these emails about this specific product. So instead I'm going to offer them something else. That would be a really simple thing to do, but a lot of people don't do it. Do you have like any thoughts of why people wouldn't do that? Or is it just me who who's not thinking straight here? <laughs> no, no, I have seen that. Um, and I think it's more along the lines of, well, here's a couple of things. I think one, I think it's along the lines of, uh, they're just not overly careful about their list, right? So they have 100,000, 200,000, 500,000 on their list. And it's more just a numbers game. They just say, hey, look, I, I don't know. Like we've built this list over the past decade. There's so much going on. We have this launch. Let's just let's send it out. If we piss off a couple of people, Nobody it did. is what it is, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or they say, hey, if they bought it already, they're just going to ignore these emails for the next week and that's fine. Mm-hmm. You know? And so that's okay. I'm with you. I feel like if there's an opportunity to maybe upsell me on something that's higher up because I bought a, a lower end product or serve or course, why not do that? Right. Mm-hmm. Like, or just filter out the customers, right? Like program X. Okay. Let's, let's not send that, you know, these emails to them. The other thought that I have is, is that a lot of the bigger names also have affiliates. And so what I think that, and I don't know that this is the intent here, but what I think happens is is that it's also like, oh, um, yeah, I'm I'm a part of this program already. Maybe I can be an affiliate, Mm -hmm. right? And maybe I'll just run as a part of this and it makes me aware that these things are happening. I don't know that that's the intent, but I think that because there's a big affiliate marketing play there mm-hmm. with a lot of the bigger lists that I think there is some thought to that, right? Saying like, okay, they're a, an affiliate, but they're also a customer and I want them to potentially bring me more customers knowing that they're an affiliate already. Mm-hmm. Here's this launch. Obviously they could be better things, you know, better experience there if you know they're an affiliate and you know they're a customer you can give them a heads up beforehand just mm-hmm. shoot them out an email saying hey next week i'm doing this launch blah 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 but again i think i think some of the bigger bigger lists though i think they're getting a little bit smarter they're mm-hmm. hiring you know consultants like myself um, and others out there that are diving into their list and trying to build out proper segments um at least at that level to know, you know, to create a better experience because the thing now is that your inbox is like a personal space, right? Yeah. Like 
people say email's dead. Email's not dead because the people that say that email, (laughs) (laughs) right. The people that say that email's dead on the very same page, they're going to ask me for their email, for my email address. Right. And so I have to laugh. (laughs) So email is such a personal space that you have to earn the trust to, to, to be there right? as a business owner. So if you make that experience good for the person, the subscriber, they're going to anticipate your email. They're going to want to see your email, right? And you see this a lot with a lot of the smaller brands, not so much the bigger brands, um, because they realize the importance of, you know, creating that good experience because, Hey, if I get a funny email from a clothing line, right? That, has no bearing the email has no bearing on on the close but i then go ahead and share that and with a friend of mine i just created that word of mouth moment right and so now there's two people that now know about this brand because they sent me a a quirky email that was really tailored towards me Mm -hmm. Um, and you don't see disney doing that right like you don't see big brands doing that so the smaller brands I, I always like to pay attention to, especially like on Instagram and things like that, the D to C brands, usually mm-hmm. direct con- to consumer brands, because they are doing smart things with email that as an online business owner, selling programs, launching programs, the launching courses, you can learn a lot from just those e-commerce brands and how they tailor things and yeah. how they create those unique experiences via email and stand out. Right, because you don't want to launch just like everybody else. You want to launch a little different. You want to stand out. You want to plant your flag. You want to create some unique experience there that people are going to remember. Mm, yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. And I think just like we talked about, you know, just if they bought this product, then you know, go ahead and offer them something else. I mean. Mm-hmm. It's and you can do this constantly. You, you don't. You don't have to wait for your launch. To be honest, you can just have like a campaign going through this, and you know, kind of just checking. Okay, have they bought this product? No. Okay, then offer this, and you know, just it sounds a little bit crazy, and you know, a lot of work. But if you do it, it could be extremely valuable and profitable, at least. Yeah, I mean, and so that's the thing, right? Like, what are you doing in between the launches, mm-hmm. right? You're emailing them every week. I'm on a podcast. I have a new article, you know, those sort of things. And so in those emails, you could also create those moments. You can offer those other programs that you offer. If you know they bought product A and product B is a direct upsell from product A, now you have a little bit of a, a, a tagline, a PS or something that speaks to that. Right? Mm-hmm. Saying, "Hey, I know you bought product A. Did you know product B is the 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 bigger brother of it? Right? And like, mm-hmm. you might get a click link over and get their appetite wet. If it's closed, that's fine. You could create some. Just it's a, it's more like an if then else game, right? Like if they yeah. bought product A, then talk about product B, right? And so mm-hmm. it's easy enough to do that." especially in a lot of the, the email service providers. Now um, you can build these, you know, content blocks that you just inject into an email. You don't even have to think about it again. And now as you send out your weekly broadcasts, each person is getting 
a specific call to action that's tailored towards them. They never mm-hmm. bought anything, then give them the, the entry-level product. If they bought the entry-level product, give them the mid-range product. If they bought the mid-range product, give them the high-end product, right? And so um, you just work up the ladder that way. It's super, mm. it's super easy nowadays. Yeah. Um, I want to be mindful of a time, but I um, just wanted to ask quickly about, you know, how do we make sure that we nurture, you know, our list before launch in the proper way? Yeah, you want to create a bridge, really. And this, this a bridge is just a simple one, two. I mean, it depends on how often you're emailing your list, mm-hmm. you know, on a regular basis. So let's just say for the sake of this, you're doing it once a, once a week. Yeah. You create a bridge that's two, maybe three emails, kind of warming them up to something happen. Right? It's much like what the movies do, right? Like, you know, they create hype around the movie saying, hey, coming December 25th, mm-hmm. we're lo- you know, coming out with a new movie. Do the same thing. You talk about what it, you get to talk about. You say, hey, pay attention on Monday to your inbox because this thing is going to be available to you. Create that hype. And you can even do that one-liner in that hype, right? Mm-hmm. And say, hey, like if, you, if, if timing's not right, just opt out and you won't get those emails from me and that's fine. Yeah. Um, but you just talk about it and then position it right? If you, if you've already launched a program before, tell stories about this thing, right? Tell, you know, stories of people that have had great success going through the program, you know, those sort of things, those wins, screenshots from, you know, Facebook or Slack or Twitter or whatever, where people, where people of your program have kind of touted your praises, right? And so um, that's what you would do to kind of whet the appetite of the list in a proper way. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you go right into the launch and it's not something that just drops in their inbox and then that you obliterate their inbox for the next <laughs> week. You kind of told them two or three times, but those two or three times in that one week starts to warm them up for what's that following week, right? So if you get to send them seven emails over the course of five days, you know, sending them, that's a big change from one email a week, right? Yeah. So if you send them three emails the week prior, then they're kind of like, okay, it's, you know, Mm -hmm. like that jog before the sprint. Right. Mm -hmm. And so uh, that's, that's usually the customary way of doing it. Love it. Love it. Um, So if you're going to give them, you know, the audience a last tip about email marketing and launching, what would that be? Yeah. The thing that I see the most, um, often, especially in online businesses is that the lead magnets do not directly correlate to what you want to sell. Mm. And plain and simple, this is easy for everybody to kind of digest is, is if you are a virtual trainer and you sell workouts through Skype or zoom or whatever, do not offer recipes as your lead magnet because the, Plain and simple, the people that are opting into the recipes are looking to get healthy based on nutrition, not mm-hmm. working out, right? Instead, create a lead magnet that then is do this for 10 minutes every single day over the next five, five days, you'll lose two pounds, mm-hmm. right? That's the lead magnet that will then translate into your virtual workouts because for my clients, they always say, hey, I want better conversions. And then when I dive in, and we start looking at the 27 lead magnets that they have, three of them really just translate into what their services mm-hmm. are, right? So 
certainly evaluate your lead magnets. Yes, you're getting opt-ins. Yes, awesome. The recipes are bringing in the, the subscribers, but when you're selling to them something that's tangential to the, you know, it's obviously in the realm, but it doesn't, doesn't directly correlate, well, that's where your conversions are starting to fall flat. Right? Mm. And so you're warming them and then you're kind of giving them a left turn that they have to make that isn't their intent. That's not their motivation. That's not what they want their solution to be. Right. And so that's, that's the biggest tip that I can share with anybody is to make sure that your lead magnet align directly aligns with whatever it is that you're selling. That is a great tip, to be honest. That is a great tip. So I hope people took notice of that and uh, yeah, making sure that they do that next time around. Uh, where can people, you know, find you and connect with you online? Yeah, I'm at Rez. That's with three Z's uh, on Twitter. Um, that's usually the best place to get a hold of me. Um, or you can find me at my website at nurturekit.co um, is where I help anybody with email marketing. And uh, yeah, be happy to have a conversation with anybody. I'm, I love geeking out about this stuff. So uh, <laughs> come at me. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure you got some you know, lead magnets that people can sign up for as well so they can learn Absolutely. a little bit more about email marketing. Well, thank you, uh, Jason, for coming on the show. Um, like I said, we can geek out about this for hours, but uh, <laughs> we can, maybe we'll do a part two sometime. Maybe we'll do it. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> but I appreciate you coming on um, and, you know, spending the time with us. Thank you. Yeah, thanks again. Thanks, uh, guys, for listening to the podcast and we'll talk again next week. Take care. Thank you so much for listening to the Oh My God, I'm Launching podcast. Now, if you like this episode, I would really appreciate if you left a review over on iTunes. And secondly, head on over to Instagram and connect with me at Ken Westgar. That's K-E-N-W-E-S-T-G-A-A-R-D. And drop me a DM and tell me all about your launch. And I'll catch you in the next episode.